Hi everyone, my name is Anastasios Arima. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Iperion X. Uh, and here at Iperion X, we're looking at developing uh, US-based uh, critical materials, really focused in on titanium, zircon, and, uh, and of course, rare earths. And we're looking to do everything sustainably and reshore those critical materials here in, in the US. Tata, thanks for coming uh, back on board. I think we had a sort of technical session with you back in January, February. Um, quite enjoyed that. Um, I just want to catch up with regards to what, obviously, what you were up to, but more importantly, what's going on in the market at the moment, because uh, lots of conversations going on about U.S. critical uh, minerals lists and people trying to shore up their uh, supply chain, etc. And you've been in the thick of it, talking to a lot of people. So. Uh, wouldn't mind an update on that front from you. So, uh, so, so, so what are you up to at the moment? What, what, are, you, what are you kind of focused on? Because we've got a, a NASDAQ listing happening sometime in the future. We've got permits, we've got scoping studies. So what's keeping you awake at night? Yeah, so we, we're getting a lot of, um, progressing a lot of things here at uh, Perion X, uh, as you said, the US listing uh, and uh, completing our scoping study and then some test work that we've got to do. Uh, but really we've been out there, especially in this sort of market, um, talking with potential customers around uh, the products that we intend to deliver in the future. Um, US-based products, more sustainable products to customers here in the US and also in, in other Western world jurisdictions, but mainly here in the US. Um, right now, what we're seeing in the market is a, a big focus on uh, some of the key critical minerals that are needed for electric vehicles, for renewable power, for defence. Um, and this, uh, this has been on the agenda over the last few years, as everybody knows, with, with electric vehicles and, and what's happening there. But it's become of increasing importance to government and also uh, potential strategic offtake partners, users of these critical minerals, because of what's been going on uh, geopolitically in the world, especially around uh, Ukraine and Russia. Right. Well, talk, talk to me about the conversations you're having because you've got two, two bits of the business. You've got the minerals and you've got the metals, right? So yeah. let's, let's, let's go with the West Tennessee conversation first. So you're talking to who at the moment? Is it, is it um, customers? Um, are you talking contracts? Are you just talking theory? I mean, what, what are they trying to work out? About mainly you? customers. Right. Okay. Yeah, so ma ma definitely mainly customers. So uh, customers are very, or offtake partners are very interested both in the paint and pigment supply chain, in the electric vehicle supply chain for, for rare earths, in the, you know, ceramic supply chain. You know, we focus on uh, titanium and zircon, but we also have a significant endowment of rare earths. Um, as we've announced, we have monazite and xenotime, so we have both the light and the heavy rare earths. Um, so we aren't just the light rare earths, the neodymium and praseodymium with dysprosium and terbium, which is needed in the defence industry for some of the magnets that are used in missiles and, and aeroplanes and submarines and those sort of things for the military. So we've been approached across all those fronts um, uh, by various different potential strategic offtake partners um, and players in the space, whether it be trading houses or, or the like. And so what, what we've seen is um, there's been a lot of talk about US critical minerals and shoring it up here, but with Russia and the, with the Russian-Ukrainian situation, uh, we've seen a huge, uh, uh, more of an um, importance put on seeing where uh, these customers um, 
both from their own supply chains being dis disrupted, but also knowing that um, this is something that the government is going to push, uh, trying to look for US-based minerals. So on top of everybody wanting to be sustainable, uh, wanting to source from America, there's actually a need to do it because when Russia invaded Ukraine, it pretty much chopped off 7% of global supply of titanium minerals and uh uh, and out of that, 14% of global supply of rutile, which is the high-quality uh, titanium minerals. And I think people became uh, very much more conscious again about what uh, what Russia and eventually China could do if China was to do something in the South China Sea uh, as to what would happen to our supply chains. And so there's been a big focus by obviously you know you've heard a lot of a lot of it from the White House but also from customers about so where can we get these minerals from and us being right there with titanium zircon and rare earths we're seeing a lot of those inbounds um, into our company so we're very focused on um, on progressing our project getting our scoping study out uh, in the near term uh, because that I think will bring even more inbounds in but it's, uh, it's definitely something on all the customers and off-take partners' minds uh, around, you know, what we're doing, when we can get into production, how much we can produce, um, all the key questions that a lot of people well, want well, to get from. That's what I want to talk to you about, Tasha, because like, it's not a case of, you know, the, the, the market has had this product removed from the market. It's just going to flow a different direction. And, you know, what happens to the pricing is, is another matter, who the buyer, who the buyer are. Bars are is, is another matter, right? I'm interested in you and what you're doing to prepare yourself. Now, you're, you're going to tell me, you have told me in the past, you're going to tell me in the future, and maybe we want to touch upon it now in terms of your ability to get into production by 2024, okay? Um, and that's fine. And let, let's, let's take that as red. I want to know is how do you position yourself given what you're saying about, you know, you know, US critical minerals lists and, you know, you know, buy domestic and all of that mm. to put yourself in the best position as now a US producer to take advantage of that. Because you mm -hmm. still, not only do you need to produce, you're going to need to produce efficiently, economically, hopefully lowest quartile producers, the margins mm -hmm. are there into what size of market with what competition and, you know, what's the upside for you if you get it right? Yeah. So a lot of that, uh, a lot of the economics will come out in this scoping study. Uh, but what we have going for us is we have excellent infrastructure in West Tennessee, where we are in the critical mineral side of the space. Um, we have access to renewable power at very low cost. So it's only a fraction more than baseload uh, power here in this part of uh, West Tennessee. So we can have a sustainable zero or, or low carbon product uh, for hardly any more cost, um, far lower cost than what you would see in other uh, jurisdictions. We have access to the people without needing to uh, build camps and build airports and uh, build all the infrastructure needed to, to house these large camps. Um, and then we have excellent access to infrastructure to be able to deliver the product at low cost um, to our customers uh, in the United States. So we're, we're really well poised as a company to deliver into uh, into the US market. Now, this is one thing that we, we, while we really like the idea of the US listing, because unlike say five years ago, 10 years ago, people and both retail and institutional investor is very interested in companies that can uh, build these supply chains and build them more sustainably and build them in America. And we tick 
all the boxes for a lot of the investors out there uh, in the US who are looking, who are seeing what the government wants to do with uh, US critical materials, seeing what the um, customers are doing, sourcing, trying to source, you know, low carbon uh, US uh, supplied materials. And uh, I think we offer them an opportunity once we are listed in the US to be able to invest in a company which is fulfilling uh, that supply chain gap. So tell me about the, the, the importance of, you, you, you're, you're really harking on about the green credentials here, right? So I want to understand that. You, you've, you've talked in your literature about the crawl process being, you know, in terms of energy consumption and emissions being, you know, hu- hugely uh, environmentally unsustainable. How important are the conversations that you're having with potential customers about offtake, the, the fact that yours is a, a, a greener solution? You know, does that, does that affect your pricing? Does it affect your margins? I know you're going to tell me the scope of studies coming out, but do you know what I mean? They're, they're going to want to know that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good question. I think, um, you know, you can ask in, in some cases for a, for a green premium um, on the, on the mineral side of the business where you've got titanium and uh, especially around titanium minerals for the paint and pigment sector, just because of what's happened with Ukraine and Russia, it's more a situation of we actually just need the minerals. Um, and it's a positive to have the sustainability there. Um, it's more of a, there's desperation because there's, the, the minerals are just out of the market. The market's been totally shocked. On the rare earth side, because it is going into the electric vehicle uh, um supply chain there is definitely a want it's a positive again to have sustainability and everybody asks all the offtake potential offtake partners ask about your sustainability credentials and we glow on all fronts uh compared to a lot of other operations out there that that style of mining will have the ability to uh or the style of extraction will have the ability to utilize uh, renewable power um but again, they really, really need need those minerals as well. Where we see a lot of the opportunities to talk or, or sell the, the green premium, so to speak, is, is on the titanium metal front, um, uh, where we're looking to not just um, reshore titanium metal for the existing supply chain, so into aerospace and defence and, and medical, but where we're looking to push titanium metal products into... Um, traditional aluminum and uh, steel supply chains, especially stainless steel. Uh, that's where we're able to get that green premium, so to speak, and be able to uh, get in the door um, with potential offtake partners um, with and talk about our titanium being more green, uh, more sustainable, um, being lower cost than traditional titanium products so they can substitute it out um, with potential stainless steel and aluminum products. Um, And, you know, you'll have to wait to see uh, what our um, potential markets will be there. We've talked about the markets we want to go for, uh, but some of the first uh, initial players that will will come forward with some titanium products, but it is is really exciting and, and, you know, on the minerals front, they really need the minerals. On the metals front, we're disrupting markets and that sustainability, green green premium or green credentials is really what's helping us uh, to disrupt um, that market. Does that make sense? Well, it, it, it does. But, well, I love it when people talk about disruption. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> 
because it it, it 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 points to potential for disruption at the moment, right? Because yeah. that's slightly further behind than I, I don't want to get the two conflated between the minerals and the metals. Yeah. So just let, just let's finish up on the on the mineral side of yeah. things, right? Because there's um, you've got your wedding permits, right? You're going through a scoping study. You have got some pretty aggressive timelines here about when you want to build and when you expect to be in in, in production. And then there's the the matter of I've got to fund all of the above, right? So. Oh, yeah. Can, can, can you just kind of quickly whiz us through the, the timeline, timelines as you see them and what are the factors which lead you to believe that one, the financing will be there at a, at a rate which works for you? Because I think all markets have been hit. You, you, you like everyone else, have you know, come, come off in the last uh, couple, yeah. a couple of months. Um, you clearly don't want to be having those conversations or certainly not agreeing um, terms at the, at right now, but you may want to be having those conversations. So where are you with the delivery of the minerals business? Because that's, we want to see, you know, quick, quick to cash flow. That's what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, the scoping study is really soon. So I don't want to sort of, uh, um, say anything here ahead of that, uh, coming out. Um, but we are aggressive. Um, we are, and from my point of view, the market is what the market is today, but we're not looking to finance this operation today. We're finalising our scoping study. We're then going to go through pre-feasibility and feasibility studies. We are well advanced. We are well advanced on a lot of our test work programs um, and we'll be giving updates uh, to the market there and there's some really good updates around there. We, we believe that, you know, what the general market is doing with all the inflationary pressures today. Let's see how that uh, sorts itself out over the next uh, 12 months or so. During that time, we're continuing to de-risk our project. As, as you said, you know, we'll go through our permitting process, we'll go through our, our feasibility studies, hopefully get towards the point of being shovel ready. And at that point, um, we'll, be, we'll be then looking to go into the, the financing phase and, and go into final investment decision. But I think what will benefit us is I just don't see these supply chains correcting themselves anytime soon. Um, you, you continue to see supply shortfalls in uh, in all the markets where we operate. I don't think you're going to have a uh, stop to the Ukraine-Russia situation and all of a sudden that uh, titanium supply chain just turns itself on again. Uh, you've had, um, you know, continued growth as the world gets out of COVID in, uh, in all the uh, commodities that, that we're talking about. And on the titanium and zircon front, you have that uh, coming back. You have the paint and pigment um, market continue to grow, you know, driven by uh, places like China as they come out of COVID. But uh, even here, you've had paint and pigment uh, pricing go up. Uh, and so it's chasing, they, those markets are chasing more of these feedstocks. So I don't see any of that subsiding anytime soon. I just see those supply chain pressures persisting, getting worse, which hopefully continues to drive prices of our key commodities up over over the next uh, 12 months and puts us in a stronger position, um, fundamentally stronger position to to finance this project once we're once we're ready to do that. Um, I you know on the rare earth side we can continue to see <clears throat> the build out of the electric vehicle sector yet where are all these um, rare earths going to come from you haven't seen any uh, major new operations uh, get up and running 
Um, and so, and especially on the US front, uh, you have MP materials there doing really well, but uh, you haven't got any of the heavies coming out in, in the US. And so I think time is, is on our side. Time is going to uh, assist um, whatever happens with the general market, the fundamentals, uh, I think, are just going to get stronger and more in our favour as we continue to to progress this project. Okay, so just time is a kind of component that most people don't kind of factor into their economics when they're modelling these things out. But you, you, you hit one kind of key word there at the moment, which, which is inflation. Inflation is doing a few things. Obviously, it's driving prices up across the board, um, but it's also changing the behaviour of the companies and the boards in terms of how they progress things. Because there's a view that hopefully, you know, inflation uh, will fall away, or some people say, "Well, inflation will continue." It, it you know, it, it's not transitory. It, 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 uh, it maintains, sustains. The thing that companies are seeing is it's having an immediate impact. We've seen a lot of Q1 numbers come out, and I suspect Q2 numbers will follow suit, where the costs are now showing on the balance sheet. You know, fuel costs. Uh, you know, costs of um, for, mm-hmm. for to for hiring people across the board, and. We're seeing developers slow down their scoping study process because they don't necessarily want to show a super high figures um, and lower margins and projects which look good before might now become marginal. So the, the behavior of the of, of these CEOs and, and, and board has changed in that regard. They have to have a view of what the future looks like. You've just said, I think our sector will, the prices will continue to rise, demand is there so do you speed up slow down or you know continue as you were in terms of your speed to market your speed to production because that was the original question is when does this thing get into production yeah so look we continue on our on our timeline i don't think we've sped up anything since uh since we last uh talked uh we've been we've been progressing very quickly um and uh, I don't think I've changed my view on when we should be coming to market with this, um, mainly because I've, uh, we, we want to progress this to being shovel ready as soon as possible, um, and then we can pull the trigger. But we, you know, we see those, um, the need for, for a US project. We are looking to build this project. This is a fairly straightforward project to build. It's not hard rock as a mineral sands operations. So it's fairly straightforward. Uh, it's fairly low capital when you when, when we come out. It's fairly low capital as, as people will see compared to a lot of other projects. Will we have inflationary pressures on, on the CapEx side? You know, we, we will, but at the same time, we are in areas where, again, you see more inflationary pressures when you need to build infrastructure, when you need to spend tons of money building a, a power plant and and, uh, and bringing power to a site, building a camp, and, and when you're having to fly expats around, that's where you see more inflationary pressures. Where we're building this operation, although there's inflationary pressures generally, you're still in an area which needs the jobs, uh, but has got all the infrastructure already built. Um, where we are in West Tennessee, used to have a large fossil fuel power station which employed over a thousand people. Uh, that went away a few years ago. You've got a lot of people that are open to working there, and you've got a lot of that infrastructure left behind because it was a, a major area for for infrastructure, for power infrastructure in, in the region. So where we see inflationary pressures, but it's it's I don't think it's as bad as remote or typical mining operations on our side. 
Um, and I think, um, I think more so for me, it's, it's the demand. We're a US project. We're a potentially highly sustainable project. Uh, we're a project which is needed to fill a gap. And, um, and, I, and I know or I think that uh, strategic partners are going to want to pay for that. Uh, and they're going to want that. And so I think by progressing our project to shovel ready, being able to talk to these groups who need it, like you can't make an EV without the rare earths. You can't make paint without titanium. Um, you know, you, you, I think it's um, it's going to be there um, in for the financing will be there at terms which are uh, acceptable or not acceptable, positive for us. Um, when we're ready to, to build out this operation. As we de-risk the operation, a lot, of, a lot more inbounds will come to our, to our company because, because of all the factors I said. US project on US soil, um, producing a low-carbon, sustainable product. Um, we're in a really, really good position. I can definitely understand if you're in a remote part of the world where where it's going to take a billion dollars to build a project, you need to build a camp, you've got the, those inflationary pressures, you're paying $400,000 a year for an expat to fly in, fly out. You know, it's that that makes it more difficult. But, but in our situation, I, I, don't see, I don't see that being a big issue. And then you have this, um, this wave of money coming out of the administration um, which uh, you know has been announced. I think it's over a billion dollars now uh, from you know things like the DPA or there's uh, you know billions of dollars in the DOE loan program office um, to to assist in in building these supply chains. So although yes, we have these inflationary pressures which we got to got to be cognizant of and we got to try and manage. I think for us as a US potential project where the US is pushing to reshore their supply chains, we're in a really good spot. Um, so, you know, okay. I think... Let, 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 sorry, I, want to, I do want to come back to this timing, please. Because when do you think you're going to be in production? Is, is it dependent on what you see in the scoping study? Like you said, it's a relatively simple process. It's mineral sands, right? It's not mm -hmm. that complicated uh, or expensive to kind of get there. But what's the timing of this thing being built yeah. and in production? So uh, I want to wait for the scoping study. Just okay. scoping study being so close out, I don't want to sort of preempt that. Okay. Uh, that will come out in the scoping study, some of the when we will be shovel ready, what we expect uh, timing will be for the construction. Um, okay. You know, what I'm saying is we're- When's that ready? We're still very aggressive. When's uh, that when ready? Will that be? Well, you know, um, uh, this quarter I can say this is that the scoping study will be. At end of Q2. <laughs> Some, right, okay. Okay, fine. Let, let's let's take it. Let's let's bounce over to metals if we can, right? Because yeah. this is a technical thing. This is innovation. This is IP. Also, all the kind of clever mm -hmm. stuff, which sounds fantastic and it is disruptive when it works. So, just remind people where where you're at with that bit of the process. Slightly slightly behind um, the mineral stuff, but w where are you today? Yeah, I would say it's actually probably a little bit uh, from a potential build-out revenue perspective slightly in front um, just because we have an operating pilot facility producing titanium metal powders um, and we've scaled that facility. Um, so when we started up here in Exeter, the, the, uh, 
the focus was on reshoring the titanium uh, and other critical mineral material supply chains with from all the way from the minerals, like what we've talked about with titan, to the metal. Uh, and as we've discussed in the past, uh, the last Kroll plant, which produced titanium metal sponge from mineral shut in 2020. And so the US is fully dependent on imports for titanium metal. Now that's become a big issue because Russia is one of the largest titanium metal producers in the world. The second, one of the other larger producers is China. Uh, we're lucky that Japan is still there and, and exporting titanium metal sponge to the States. But if something ever happened between uh, with China and the South China Sea, then you'll have probably those that supply chain cut off, and all of a sudden the the US, which uses uh, titanium extensively in the military, um, that's that's a big issue. Um, you know, I was touring the F thirty five production line outside of Fort Worth, uh, Texas, a few weeks ago with our director Lorraine Martin, and they use a lot of titanium in those plants, and they're building a lot of them. There was, you know, for a mile, you could see all the, the all the F thirty fives being built. Um, so for us, you know, it's it's a it's been a big focus to reshore that, but reshore with better and newer technology. So we were able to secure the technology that was developed by Dr. Zach Fung out of the University of Utah, which showed a better process to, and more sustainable process uh, to manufacture titanium metal powders. And so we've been doing that. Um, following on from our focus on sustainability, you, you know, this is a uh, low carbon process and it's a process where not only can we use mineral eventually once we build our Titan project, but we can use 100% uh, recycled uh, materials or 100% scrap titanium. Uh, we are the only process that can do that right now. Um, any scrap we can use um, and manufacture spherical titanium metal powders. So we've been talking to a lot of these groups that again have been looking at the supply chain um, and wanting to source uh, US product. And we come to them with that opportunity to source US uh, produced metal products, but uh, in addition, we have these green credentials. We're, we're, we're far more sustainable metal and we're, we're a premium metal. It's titanium rather than, say, aluminum or stainless steel. So it's got better corrosion resistance. It's got higher strength. Um, it's lighter weight. Um, and so we're able to talk to a lot of these um, potential offtake partners, customers, strategic partners that, you know, we tick all the boxes, US supply chain, sustainable premium product. Um, and, and we're really making a lot of headway on that front as to being able to show people not just powder, but, but potential parts. So we've 3D printed uh, some components and, and parts, um, you know, prototypes, and we continue to do so. And as we announced, we're we're looking to scale up that production over the next uh, year or so with our titanium demonstration facility where we're looking to take our production from what is a uh, absolute capacity of six tonnes per annum to 125 tonnes per annum. Um, and at that rate, you can actually start doing some low uh, production volumes of various parts um, and really get that our product out there to, to different industries. And, 
And, you know, we, we did in our last presentation outline some of the industries we really want to work on. Uh, you know, titanium is lightweight. Titanium is corrosion resistant. Um, it's a superior metal to aluminum and stainless steel. And it can be used in automotive. Um, it can be used in luxury goods, um, you know, where the consumer is wearing something and they can say, well, this is made from a 100% recycled product and, and, and a more sustainable process. Uh, it can be used in consumer electronics where you see a lot of aluminum, but also you see stainless steel use now as well. Um, so these are, these are markets where we're actually talking right at the end OEM who are then marketing to customers. And they're not only looking for something that fulfills their need for a US supply chain, but also looking for something that they can market to, to a customer, uh, um, to the mass market. And what the US market wants right now is, is and, and what they, I believe they're gonna increasingly want in the future, um, the consumer wants 100% recycled product. The consumer wants, uh, you know, these uh, low carbon sustainable products. And the consumer wants a product which they see is a premium as well. And we can fulfill all that. Okay. So I'm looking at your business. Okay. We, we'll mm -hmm. forget valuations today because I, I think you know, this is not an environment where things can be judged fairly um, given the <laughs> yeah. market conditions, right? But I'm seeing multiple customer types in multiple verticals with the different products which you're able to pump out. So from, from the mineral side of things and, and the rare earths, and obviously um, over, over the metal side, um, you know, so in, in terms of accessing the market, these are these are new to you. You, you, I guess you're getting a few inbounds, yeah. which, which helps, right? But what's the, what's the best way of coming at the market and in all its guises? Do you go through someone? Do you, have it all in house, and you know, if say, do you have the skill sets today, or will you know, how do you get the skill sets and I say to negotiate the best deals possible for you? Because you know, you can argue the metal side of things is 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 in some ways more advanced, but it's it's also new. You, you've got um, you've got audiences have not had access to what you're offering before. Yeah. They've got to understand it. They've got to design it into whatever it is that they think that they can use it for. Um, and then, you know, what, you know, whatever the costs are, they've, they've got to make those most decisions there. And then you've got to get other, I guess, more conventional, well-known, um, you know, um, supply chain and, and therefore re revenue stream. So how do, how do you come at it? Because you've got two sets of CapEx potentially there as well. So lots of different conversations for you. A lot of work. Yeah, that's a lot of different conversations. It ties in well together because ultimately in, say, five or ten years' time, you want to have mineral coming out of the ground, uh, selling as byproducts or co-products, the rare earths and the zircon, and then you want that titanium coming through, being processed into titanium metal, and then you want that circular economy of titanium metal, so being able to take all the scrap out of that process and, and keep it circular. So it works over the longer term the titanium minerals and metals is one. It's one integrated supply chain. But right now I can see it's 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 separate. We've got this scrap to titanium metal powder business and we've got the Titan project, which is a mineral business. We know how to sell minerals quite easily and well, but on the titanium metal side, uh, it is it is new markets, but we are targeting drop-in applications. Um, and with 3D printing, we you can you can essentially just drop this in. There's tweaks that you need to make, but then you essentially make parts that can drop into supply chains 
that are not going to disrupt how those supply chains go. So you're making parts that say a 3D that were maybe uh, made out of aluminum or magnesium or or stainless steel, and you print them in in titanium, and they drop in. So there's no change. You try and target those areas where there's not really a change to uh, to how we can drop them in there. There's still a big need to go through a design process and all that and to get sign-off from... Uh, test, testing from, from, and all yeah, of these things, right? Testing and all yeah. that. You know, testing is something It's not as stringent as aerospace and defence. What I will say, you know, going back to your first point is who do you use for this? I've got an excellent team, um, an outstanding team that I've taken... Uh, some of which were not in minerals, were, were more mainly in finance or mainly in investing. Um, and we've drawn from people as well that have been in these industries. So we've got some excellent advisors with us. And we've been doing this since, uh, you know, since the third quarter last year. So we've been in a deep with a few key um, industries. Uh, and so, you know, we are breaking new ground here. And so there is some learning that we had early on um, but now I think we're, we're in a position where we understand uh, what these potential strategic customers want. Uh, we try build, so it's or we try target, so that it's just drop-in applications I- initially, um, and that makes the negotiations and the discussions far easier because all of a sudden you're discussing about a part which they're buying, and then they come to you and say, well, what will it cost in titanium? And then you add in the green credentials and you're like, well, okay, uh, we can we can replace that, we can sell that. And again, we've been lucky to be able to, with our story, to get in at some of the highest levels in some of these organisations. And again, you know, we're, we're deep into discussions with uh, potential partners, but um, uh, it's, it's not a hard discussion to have titanium has got an aura of or oh, it's aerospace it's it's high end it's strong uh, it's lightweight so and then when you uh, when you overlay we can make it uh, more sustainable uh, and we can make it in america it's actually once you get in and you start talking that story it doesn't get too hard to to get people very interested um and so we're deep in making prototype parts now, and um, and we hope to have a lot of that um, out to the market, um, uh, you know, during this year. And this is another reason why we we like uh, we we really want to have the US listing completed uh, because I believe that uh, it's it's going to resonate. The 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 minerals reassuring the minerals resonates with a lot of investors, but some of these products which we're looking to make and some of the customers we're talking with, um, I think it will resonate a lot with uh, with the retail institution market once we're able to secure some of those partnerships. Okay, like Tassi, I appreciate the update. You know, it's, it's kind of like some companies are kind of all quiet on the Western front, it seems. Um, but you, I have been as well, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but we need to we need to be more uh, more active with um, as 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 the next few months roll on. We have our scoping study. We have our US listing. We have our titanium metal powder production. We definitely want to want to get out there and tell the story uh, a lot more. Um, and uh, yeah, we yeah, it's the market's been. Um, you know, probably at probably the right time to be to be a little bit quiet, but I think there's so much positives. There's so much positive fundamentals in the market in everything that we're doing 
that uh, we definitely want to get out there and tell a story. And I think there's, as we tell that story and people understand what we've been doing in the background, I think, uh, I really think it's going to blow people away. And I think there's going to be a lot of attention on our story and, and where we're going and, 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 you know, what we're going to build into over the next few years.